uh, welcome uh, to the actor in the actuary. <laughs> uh, we're just two guys in opposite states talking about our careers, lives, and completely two different worlds as we try to figure out what the heck's going on, who we are, what we're doing, and if it means something. Jeff, what's going on? What's happening? Does the title of today's episode, does it intrigue you? I am intrigued. I'm excited. And I have no idea what it is about. All right. Well, that is exactly what I was going for. Good. We should talk about it. But before we do that, we should probably, uh, I see you're sipping something. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that is nice. It is nice. What is it? What are you drinking? What are you drinking? It's basically a rip your float. Um. You know, Ooh. it is summer after all. Um, it is rum and root beer. Ooh, a little rum and root beer, you say? Oh, yes. All right. All right. What do you got over on your side? Well, I mean, I don't always drink beer, um, but when I do, I prefer dosakis. <laughs> With the, yeah. Our, and by the way, tonight's podcast is sponsored by dosakis. <laughs> Stay thirsty, my friends. <laughs> Let me take a sip. Um, but actually I am just drinking a beer tonight because I have to finish out an audition after this, oh, um, that I'm nice. trying what to for? get done. Well, it's for a feature. It's one, it's one of those family dog movies, but uh, yeah. Does, does feature mean like, Oh, uh, feature film. Like, yeah. Like a f- like full di- length movie. Full length. Okay. So it's, so when you say feature, that's like describing the length of the film. Is that uh, right? Yeah. 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 Correct. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're talking, I mean, I just want to know the numbers behind it. Film 101 are the numbers. Yeah, feature. Because, <laughs> like, I've never said to some friends, like, hey, want to go out to uh, the movie theater and go catch a feature? <laughs> well, because movie theaters only show features, so you oh, really wouldn't. Gotcha. Jeff, we've got some incoming mail here. Oh. Uh, it is from the hacker. Hacker. Oh, I love that guy. <laughs> He's a little confused about taco bell uh taco taco bell is it taco bell or taco bell uh Mm. wasn't that from like 17 episodes ago i have no idea taco well i don't think we have 17 episodes out yet um (laughs) so true uh okay well um anyway he i think he's a believer in taco bell uh but he i don't know he had to bring that up um also quick correction he said geo cities uh, was not a social media site. It was a Fact. web hosting site. Uh-huh. Uh, you could host an HTML page uh, for free and it was ad supported. Well, so I, he really thinks that MySpace was first. I trust the hacker. Hacker. To understand that for sure. I guess, I guess. And then here's another addendum. I guess he's just correcting us uh, now. <laughs> Sounds um, like the hacker. Hacker. Yeah, yeah. He says that the, you know, in a previous episode, we talked about how I did not text for a long time, like you would text me and I'd call you back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says it's much longer than a year. It was at least a couple of years. So it was, you were really slow on the train for sure. Yeah. Well, I'll call you back and tell you what I think about that. Well, thank you, Hacker. Hacker. Thanks for uh, reaching in and voicing your concerns about uh, our episodes and critiquing us nicely. All right. But so curious, because tonight uh, the title is Alligators, Airplanes, Cars, Lakes, and COVID. Yeah, I mean, I think it's self-explanatory. Let's just say it a little bit quicker. Alligators, airplanes, cars, lakes, and COVID. Yeah, AACLC. Oh, yeah, the AACLC. Yes, exactly. Tell me about this AACLC. 
You know, it all started a few weeks ago. Um, I was at work at the insurance company, work with a bunch of actuaries. And uh, it's, it is springtime, nearly summer in the bold north. And um, what do you do in Minnesota in summer on the weekends? What do, what do you do? Canoe. You go north. You go, <laughs> yeah, you, you go more north. You go up north. Well, no, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're right. You go up north, nor, more north than you were already in the north. That's right. Yeah. So like you, if you ask maybe 50% of Minnesotans what they're doing this weekend in the summer, it's we're going up north, Yeah. which sure. means, you know, you're either going up to somebody's cabin or your own cabin that's on Duluth. a lake. Duluth, maybe. Yeah. The big lake, Lake Superior. Mm-hmm. Um, you, yeah. You're going to some lake up north because it does get hot in the bold north. Bold north. Um, anyway, it, it was going to be a hot weekend. And I, and I asked this coworker of mine, I said, Hey, what are you doing this weekend? He's like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to try to stay cool. You know, it's going to be hot. And I was like, Oh, you know, why don't you go swimming? It's perfect time for that. You know, you're, he, he was a transplant. He did not grow up here. So, you know, I'm trying to help him understand, you know, Hey, mm-hmm. that's what people do here. You go swimming. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Oh, yeah, I guess I hadn't even thought about that. I guess with COVID, you know, everything has been closed, but maybe there are a few pools open now. And I stopped him. I'm like, pools? What, what are you talking about? He's like, well, where else would I go swimming? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm talking about a lake. You go swimming in a lake. And he was like, no, 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 no. I, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? And he goes, well, I mean, you know, there's bacteria living in lakes. I mean, you have no idea what, what lives in lakes. Like, I don't, I don't think you want to go in a lake. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was kind of flabbergasted by that because I, I grew up here. Um, and I, lakes are what I do all the time. I went, you know, went swimming in a lake yesterday. So anyway, um, Jeff, have you been swimming in a lake? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my parents live on a lake. (laughs) (laughs) Do you consider it an odd or dangerous behavior? No, not at all. Though it's funny because my wife, though she has, you know, grown up skiing on a lake, does talk about well lakes aren't necessarily for just like hanging and swimming because she's afraid of alligators she's like it's just not something you'd like go and just leisurely swim and it's like yeah it's all i did growing up she's like in the bold north i'll just use that bold north. it's too cold like it's way too cold of water for people to go swimming i'm like no 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 you you've missed my entire childhood right so where, where did jack grow up uh in 13 different states where did she spend the majority of her time? Where do you think she developed that opinion? A little bit of everywhere. Of course, Florida, you know, multiple stays in Florida. And- I'm very happy to hear you say that. Yes. Okay. Because this friend, this coworker of mine, I'll, I'll call him a friend. He's a friend. This friend right. of mine is from Florida. Okay. And that's where he developed this irrational fear of lakes. Oh. Uh, so I said, well, because I knew he was from Florida. So I said, well, would you, do you go swimming in the ocean? He was like, well, yeah, the ocean's great. I mean, you know, it's got a huge beach and like and there's waves and it's just, it's so much better. And I was like, what? How is that any different? Come on. And we got to talking and he talked about Florida. There's just so many more things to do outside. Mm-hmm. I was like, what are you talking about? And I said, what about alligators? Kind of like you're, you just brought up, like, aren't you scared of all the alligators down there? His response was alligators. No, they're not going to hurt you. I don't know why anyone's scared of alligators. I was shocked. I was like, what do you mean? Like I've been golfing at a few golf courses in Florida and I've seen an alligator and I didn't want to get within 200 feet of that alligator. Yeah. 
And, you know, maybe Jack has taught you all this, but he, he proceeds to tell me all the reasons I should not be scared of alligators. So you no, know, Jack's it, terrified of alligators. <laughs> well, has she taught you how to run away from an alligator? A zigzagging motion. Yeah. You zigzag. Cause like right. the thing can only run straight forward and then yep. it takes forever to turn, turn and then catch it. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah. I so he's like, he's like, it's, it's not like you, it's not going to be hard to outrun an alligator. You just zigzag. And I was like, okay, but like, what if you don't see him coming? Like, what if, or, you know, what if it like comes up next to you and you don't realize it? And his next thing as well, I mean, you could just punch it in the nose. Like that's not that big of a deal. <laughs> and I'm thinking, huh, if I, I don't, I, I don't think I would do that. I think I would run. Um, and he said, yeah, if you don't want to punch it in the nose, all you really have to do is like hold its mouth together because you think it's like really powerful, but it really only, it's only powerful when it clamps down. It can't really clamp out at all. And so it's really easy to keep its mouth shut. I don't yeah, know. You... Yeah. That's the first thing I'm going to do is just <laughs> jump on top of it and say, Hey buddy, let's, let's hug. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Can you picture just like, like hugging an alligator on its back? What just about keeping its mouth shut in the water? I mean, I can't, but it's like claws. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I do. I mean, I guess if you're on its back, it can't really get to you. Well, yeah, but how do you get it on its back? So you, not only do you have to, you know, catch it before its mouth opens, but you have to clamp it, rotate onto your back and like put him on top of you. And then what, and then what do you do? You wait for like friends to come and be like, Hey bud, like, what if you're by yourself? I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm still scared of alligators. So yeah, I, I agree. My point is I'm scared of alligators this guy is scared of lakes. Um, I think they're like, we are oftentimes just very scared of things that we are unfamiliar with, mm. you know, that you haven't tried before. Mm. I remember one thing that freaked me out as a kid. I'm going to guess you've done this. You were, you were always the wild child. So I'm, I'm no, I know you've done this. Um, fire. <laughs> fire kind of freaked me out so like you know the what do you call that like the ch chalk chalk rock or chocolaka you know, chocolaka yeah you like take a hot coal and yeah, shake it yeah that freaked me out or like you you've you, still never done chocolaka no i haven't oh my gosh i did it yesterday i do it <laughs> i do it like daily it's such a good wake-up routine it's such good a little cup of coffee, a little shakalaka. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> For those of you who don't know what shakalaka is, you take a hot coal, you wet, you spit in your hands or you wet your hands a little bit so you don't have like a solid dry hand. And then you throw the hot coal in your hands and you start jiggling it around. You don't want it to catch a crevice on your hand because that's just going to burn you. But if you keep it moving and keep blowing air through your hand whilst you're shaking it, pretty quick. You got to be shaking a lot, but you can actually hang in there for quite a while. And then when you're getting tired or you catch a clinger, as we call them, you got to, you got to, you got to flip it. You got to flip it to a friend and you say shakalaka and you throw it to a friend and you're all standing in a circle and somebody else catches it and continues shaking it. And the first person to drop it is out and you go all the way down to one. And then like when you're out, do you have to like you step out your the coal then? Yeah. Okay. In your mouth. Yeah. You just, <laughs> in your mouth. Yeah. yeah. The one that you dropped, it goes on your tongue. Uh, that sounds terrifying. Oh, it's such a fun game. Would you say that's the most dangerous thing you've ever done? No. <laughs> what is the most dangerous thing you've ever done? You got to give me some time to think about this. All right. Or how about what's the most dangerous thing we've done together? Walk through downtown Las Vegas at three <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> well, me and Brant were the ones who hopped over and ran across the street. 
<laughs> you went over the bridge. I did. <laughs> I'm on. an actuary. I take calculated risks. Um, speaking of calculated risks, I- I'm going to go morbid for a second. How many people do you think die each year in car crashes in the U.S.? Oh, see, I'm so bad at this stuff. I don't even know how many people die. Like, how am I supposed to in car crashes? Well, there's know. 330 million people in the U.S. Okay. Does that help? <laughs> yeah, 100,000? No, you're close. 40,000. 40, 40,000. Yep. Die of car crash every year. You got it. How many people do you think die in a plane crash every year? 200. Yeah, a lot less than that. Uh, there's a lot of years where it's zero. That's a lot less than cars. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. And yet uh, everybody's way more afraid. Oh, here's your point. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's the light bulb. Yes. I mean, everyone's, I mean, lots of people are very scared to go on airplanes, right? But you can make the argument that a lot more people are driving than are on planes. So you do have to take that into consideration. But even after you do, your chances of getting injured in a plane crash are way less than chances of getting injured in a car crash. Mm -hmm. But it's just, it's, yeah, people are unfamiliar with it. You know, I I don't fly every day. I would like to come up with my answer. Um, oh yeah, your most dangerous thing you've done. Yeah, Let's yeah. Based on the statistics you just told me, um, <laughs> driving. But I used to race um, in high school. What? I didn't know about that. You didn't? Oh, no. Oh, yeah. So a bunch of high school buddies, we would just go out, you know, at night on the weekends or whatever, and we'd find uh, kind of like a, a long straight road. Did it, you have a go-to? A yeah, road. Boone Avenue. <laughs> Boone Avenue? Like right off the exit by that bridge. And then like uh, there was like a straight run. But we would do this like super late at night. And we would have a a walkie uh, on each end or something like that or a phone. I don't remember how, but we were able to be like, okay, road's clear. And uh, we would side by side race two cars from a start line to a finish line, just like a drag race. It wasn't like a long, you know, round corners or anything, but it was just straight uh, we had a person in the, you just drop the flag type of thing. And it was just like, go. And yeah, we would race one by ones. Um, you seriously did that? Yeah. In my Saturn, <laughs> 1991 Saturn. Um, <laughs> and uh, all my friends had like, yeah, I mean, they, were, they weren't like super nice sports cars, but they were like, they were better than a Saturn, especially in terms of pickup. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had this like little sports function and I was like, I'm doing this. And I, it, I always sports sh- mode, <laughs> sports mode. I always showed up as kind of like a joke, like, Oh, Jeff's going to get in this, but it was kind of funny. Cause I was like, yeah, I'm going to win one day. Cause I was like, I don't know one. I was like, Oh, and 11 or something like that before I, I got into my 12th race and on my 12th race, uh, dropped it into sport mode. And, um, all of these guys had, you know, uh, manuals. Of course my Saturn's an automatic and they're all cool about shifting and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but he missed shifted. He tried to downshift and he upshifted or whatever the terminology is. I've forgotten. Sure. But he missed shifts and, uh, just drops real slow for a good little bit in the race. And all of a sudden my Saturn goes Zoom! <laughs> and right past him. And I'm like, Holy crap, I'm winning. And then he like started to catch up, but it was too, you can't drop like that. It was too short of a run. And I, uh, I won my first race in my last race and I called it quits after that. I'm one in 11 guys. And, uh, that was that. Were there spectators? Oh yeah. Yeah. I have guys who said, man, when you dropped in on that one, blue smoke came out of your car. 
were you redlining or was your RPMs like uh, off the chart? No, because in sport mode, it's still an automatic. So it's still like shooting down. Yeah, it, sure. I think it got up to like a, a red line, but it, it'll drop down once it gets there. But um, mm. yep, I'm uh, I'm officially a winner in drag racing. Wow. I did not know that about you. That That's impressive. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Wow. I, I think the most dangerous things I've ever done have been with you. <laughs> so, right. you know, like getting in that car crash, driving in a snowstorm, maybe driving and like almost falling asleep at three in the morning. And when was this? Texas. Oh, Texas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, maybe like walking through the hills, uh, in, through the Swiss Alps. It in winter after dark. Yeah, with like no reception and no friends, and in the middle of another country. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's probably not probably. Not, not too safe. But uh, that that's a really good answer. I'm 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 happy to learn something new about you today. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. My mom is not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe don't give Lloyd the address to this episode. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm a I'm a transparent child. Does he know about that? I don't know. If if he doesn't, I, I, I uh, I'm gonna hear about it. <laughs> I think enough time has passed. I think you're good. I got in a car accident with Bobby. Oh um, yeah, on your birthday. Too, on my yeah, and I uh, it was technically a totaled car when it really wasn't that big of a deal. But we definitely we we t-boned the guy who cut us off. Luckily, not our fault. But yeah, we got in a, a pretty good crash there too. I've been in a couple crashes man your insurance must be through the roof no it's not it's great so you got rid of the sunroof pun 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 that was good this brings me to my final point so we've talked about alligators airplanes cars lakes we have not talked about covid yet now let me give a disclaimer first before i you know broach this last topic and say that i am in no way underplaying covid uh because obviously it has been a very, you know, a very deadly disease and has, um, it's killed a lot of people. Mm-hmm. However, I will say that I certainly have noticed a lot of people that don't necessarily need to be fearful about it, be fearful about it, mm-hmm. um, because it is unknown. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you look at, for example, if you compare COVID to, uh, influenza to the flu, um, COVID much more deadly at older ages. And for those who, you know, have a compromised immune system. Um, now most of the people that I talk with on a daily basis are, let's say under the age of 40. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, talking with a lot of people, I've run across quite a few who are, you know, very scared for themselves. Don't want to take any, any risks. Um, and I totally get like, you know, stopping the spread and all that. But actually, if you look at under 40 years old, you are just as likely to die from the flu as you are from COVID. Mm-hmm. Yet nobody really, you know, seems to have that same sort of fear about that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just because of the newness to it and the the uncertainty around it. Now it could be because of how how it affects other ages of people too. But yeah, it's something that I've definitely noticed from talking to people and, you know, saying, yeah, be careful, but you don't need to be scared of this. You don't need to have a fear about it. It's, you know, it's kind of, it's weighing you down in a way it doesn't need to. Mm -hmm. Um, And as I was reflecting on it, I'm thinking that's probably true of 
so many things in our lives that we actually are scared of. We have this, this fear of something when really there are other things out there that are, are just as dangerous or risky that you don't give a second thought to. Yeah, that's true. You're coming up on something that has never been documented. You're looking at like the first airline flight, basically, right, of this strain. And so you're trying to figure out what is it? I don't want to be the first. There's all these statistics that are coming out. There's all the media that's like creating fear and all this kind of stuff. And I think that, you know, personally, we bought into a lot of it at the beginning. One, which I still stand by the justification of our daughter had been in and out of hospitals for, you know, months prior. You know, she was at the time five months old when March 2020 came around and she had already been in the hospital twice. And we had just had these scares and didn't know what was going on. You know, at the time she was still seeing a cardiologist. And so we kind of hibernated because we were unsure, but you know, all the statistics and all that was going to be, especially for infants and stuff like that. So that created a baseline of fear protection for us. It's so interesting. Granted, we got COVID in January to look at where we are now with this, like, yeah, I don't have a fear about it at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, yeah, you went through it, you experienced it. And just like, you know, once my friend finally goes swimming in a lake, it'll be just as dangerous as it was before, but you now have an experience to go along with it. And that creates a huge bias in your mind. I yep. think it, it helps determine your comfort level. That guy's going to come out with chiggers, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not going to tell him about chiggers. <laughs> he, he can learn about chiggers on his own. <laughs> and if you don't know what chiggers are, um, Google you know, that. <laughs> go, go ahead and Google that. <laughs> at, yeah, at the beginning of it, like that t- totally makes sense. I mean, thinking back through the first couple months of this this pandemic, like, yeah, we, we didn't go anywhere. I, I remember gas was a dollar and 15 cents or something a gallon. And I remember thinking, well, it doesn't matter. I don't have anywhere to go and I, I can't really go anywhere. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, then as you learn more about it, you, you start to understand it a little more, get more comfort with it. And yeah, it's, it's really just, I think kind of what you're saying, like the people that are, that still have this fear of it. And again, it, like I said before, it is dangerous and it is deadly and I'm not trying to downplay it, but in, in the right circumstances. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Uh, yeah. Cause like we got sick. Yeah, I know some friends out here who got it and they like, didn't have any symptoms. They still tested positive or had like real light symptoms, but we got sick and we were down for probably a week in total together, you know, yeah, four or five days each. And it was, it was brutal. Like we, we did have a bad, I have a theory that we were ultra careful up until January from March. And I think, if you look at how the immune system works, I think because we weren't out running around like crazy, I think our immune system had dropped a little bit and we yeah. hadn't kind of had a normal backup system, you know, that you generally sure. have built up uh, when you're out every day. That could be. Yeah, that's yeah, I hadn't really thought of that. I I thought it was just kind of interesting to bring up because, you know, just n- next time you're scared of something, think about, does it have to do anything with the fact that it's unknown? And, Mm -hmm. you know, you can think about things in your own life that you, once you went through it, you had less of a fear of it. And maybe that can help you overcome a fear. Um, You know, if you have a fear of maybe public speaking, or you have a fear of doing math, I don't know. Well, yeah. And think about fear. You know, what do you normally do if you're going into something you've never done? 
or you haven't done much or you're not experiencing, what is one thing you generally are going to do before you do that thing? If I've never done it? And I've done it a bunch and I'm standing oh, next to you. Well, I guess I'll, I mean, I'll, yeah, I'll have questions. I'll ask you or I'll, I'll watch you or. Right. You're going to go to somebody who's been experienced and done it. And you're going to say, Hey, look, I've never done this before. I've never ridden on an airplane. You do it for work all the time. Like what, what are, what do I expect? What should I know? Like, how do I dance that chocolate in my hand without getting burned? You know, all that kind of stuff. You're going to go and you're going to ask for some advice to somebody who's experienced in it. I think with fear, it's something that we haven't done, but like most likely somebody around you has gone through something similar. And so instead of buying into whatever is being kind of thrown through the media or whatever, it's like, yeah, okay. But first and foremost, why don't you call somebody? I just recently called my dad. I was going through a career decision and in the arts and trying to balance family and make a good choice. And I talked to two people. I called an accountability buddy and I called my dad and I was just saying, Hey, look, I need some advice because you guys have both done this kind of thing. Can you walk me through kind of your experiences or what you would think in this situation? Because I had never really made that choice before and I needed some help. And I think when you're fearful of something and you don't seek help, you're going to probably create more fear where fear doesn't need to be. And I think if you go and seek out some assistance from somebody who's more experienced, you're going to have a little bit more clarity of what to expect. Yeah, that's true. I like the way you said that. That is a good way to combat fear is to invite someone in with you. You're not in it alone, you know? I think that's a wrap right there. You just roll oh, the music. <laughs> yeah, that is a wrap, as we say in the biz. Now, question. When they say it's a wrap, is that because there's somebody who, like, at the end of the show, <laughs> they, stupid joke. <laughs> they do a rap about everything that happened, and they're like, yo, yo, this was the script, and we played it out, and we acted real cool. Yeah, we weren't without. Is that why they call it a wrap? Uh, no, it is funny because it basically means like it is finished. <laughs> so it's like, do you think Jesus also just said like, that's a wrap? That's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> this has been uh, Aaron, the actuary. And I'm Jeffrey Larson, the actor. If uh, you are afraid of something, uh, seek some help, seek some advice and talk through it because it's most likely not as scary as it seems. That's Thank right. you for listening in. That's a wrap. That's a wrap.